break 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 You're listening to Breakthrough News, and this is The Punch-Out. We're following the news all day so you don't have to, giving you everything you need to know about what's in the headlines and what should be. And yes, we are back on The Punch-Out here on the 27th of January, 2022. Very happy to be back with you here on the show. Plenty for you here on the show, as we always do. We're going to be talking about how Congress hates kids. We'll also be talking about how there is a tense inauguration happening today in Honduras. But before we get to either of those two very important stories, we want to start with how state tax cuts are helping the rich get richer. Six days ago, the Wall Street Journal ran an article with the headline, quote, states are swimming in cash thanks to booming tax revenue and federal aid, end quote. The journal notes that, quote, state revenues between April and November increased 24 percent from 2020 to 2021, according to a survey conducted by the Urban Institute think tank. Thirty two states said revenue collections for fiscal years ending in 2022 were ahead of projections, end quote. And hearing all that, you might be somewhat surprised to hear that a number of states are, yes, cutting taxes and some significantly. As the Center for Budget and Policy Priorities notes, quote, As this year's state legislative season kicks off, a number of states, including Arizona, Georgia, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, Mississippi, South Carolina, Wisconsin, and West Virginia, are weighing costly income tax cuts that would mostly benefit wealthy households and profitable corporations while widening racial and economic inequalities. Other states, most notably Kansas, are considering proposals that would achieve the same outcome through an arbitrary formula designed to constrain revenues and lead to deep cuts in state services over time. Mississippi, where tax revenues are up 15 to 20 percent, is actually considering a total elimination of the state income tax, a measure that has already passed the lower house and that Governor Tate Reeves says is his quote unquote number one priority. In Michigan, where there is a similar increase in tax revenue, the Republican controlled state Senate is trying to lower the income tax while the Democratic governor is proposing a range of more limited and less pro wealthy tax cuts. But the two sides are now saying they will negotiate which means ultimately tax cuts that will benefit the wealthy. Iowa, where tax income increased between 11 and 15% last year, is facing a proposal from Governor Kim Reynolds to replace the graduated corporate income tax with a flat tax. Now, currently in Iowa, the top income tax rate for corporations is 9.8% on incomes over $250,000. So moving to a 5.5% flat tax, as the governor is proposing, will give by far the biggest tax breaks to large corporations. In Massachusetts, where there is a 20 to 25% increase in tax revenue, Governor Charlie Baker is attempting to reduce the estate tax, which is only paid by a tiny handful of very rich people. Now, of course, the advocates of these and other tax breaks are making all the usual claims about how it's going to help everyone and juice the economy. But the reality is these sorts of trickle-down economics are totally fake, and the end result of tax cuts is almost always cuts to critical social services. As the Center for Budget and Policy Priorities also notes, quote, in Arizona, 
Revenue losses from two decades of state tax cuts led policymakers to cut K-12 through funding per pupil by 23 percent between 2008 and 2017 after adjusting for inflation. That's among the chief reasons Arizona now pays teachers less than any other state. And the center goes on to further note that, quote, in Ohio, 15 years of tax cuts had added up to $7 billion in foregone revenue each year as of 2020. Over the same period, the state's ranking in areas such as children's access to preschool and young people's ability to afford college dropped markedly. Now, to be fair, many states are using the cash influx to improve and bolster various programs and to offer more logical tax relief to working class people and other vulnerable populations. But it is just another example of the influence of the wealthy in U.S. political life that when there are record budget surpluses, a significant chunk of politicians across the country rush to make sure the richest people contribute less to society. Honduras is set to swear in a president today, Giomar Castro of the Libre Party, who had their last electoral victory in 2009 stolen by a U.S.-backed coup. The new ascension of Libre, however, is not without drama as right-wing forces have manipulated the political scene and created a split in the Congress of Honduras that has led to there being two dueling leaders of the body, a state of affairs that has resulted in quite a bit of tension in the country. This all started back on January 20th when preparations for Honduras's Congress to pick a new leader were taking place. Libre partially won the election because they made an alliance with the Salvador Party, another opposition force, and the agreement they made stipulated that a Salvador Party member would be the head of the Congress. In the meeting to discuss all this, 20 Libre Party legislators just didn't show up. They turned up a bit later, though, as supporters of the far-right National Party, the most recent former ruling party that had turned the country in a hard-right direction and created many economic and social problems. Two of them, however, turned it around and came back to the Libre fold. So 18 ultimately blocked with the National Party, but the right-wing forces had claimed they were going to try to prevent the ascension of the Libre Salvador candidate. So Libre called on its supporters among the masses of people, primarily the working classes and the peasantry, to come to the Congress and prevent any sort of attempt to stop the vote from taking place. This led to two separate elections on January 23rd, one held in Congress and another held by right-wing forces in a country club. This has created quite a bit of tension in Honduras. President Castro has stated she will be sworn in by a judge rather than either of the two dueling presidents. But the challenging situation now is what exactly will happen in Congress, where there could easily be all sorts of gridlock and challenges and so on and so forth, which undoubtedly is exactly what the right wing is hoping for. Castro's main plank is to reverse many of the National Party laws that had locked in a neoliberal framework. Without a functioning and relatively united Congress, the laws to do that will either not be passed or at least will face significant difficulty to get through the body. So undoubtedly, the engineered crisis over the leadership of Congress is designed to, in fact, throw up exactly these kinds of roadblocks. Social movements, however, remain hopeful and are planning to gather in support of Castro in the capital of Tegucigalpa. Nevertheless, it shows how deeply entrenched the power of the oligarchic right wing is in that country and how difficult it will be, even with electoral power, to start turning things around. Well, the U.S. Congress, of course, has allowed the child tax credit, which was sending a few hundred dollars a month to millions of families, to lapse. Clearly, this was absurd on a range of different fronts. That's the only real reason this happened was because of a cabal in Congress that refused to raise taxes on billionaires. We now have even more evidence, not just of how ridiculous it is, but how harmful, with a new study which has just come out 
that details the impact of cash payments to families on the cognitive development of children. As one analysis of the study noted, quote, when mothers with low incomes receive just over $300 in monthly cash assistance during the first year of their children's lives, their infants' brains displayed more high-frequency brainwaves when they reached 12 months old. These types of brainwaves are associated with higher language and cognitive scores and better social and emotional skills in children as they grow older. It's worth noting that the study looked at quote-unquote unconditional cash transfers, so nothing that's wrapped in a range of red tape on how to qualify. The only qualification is to be living in poverty. The study, however, also notes, quote, that we do not suggest that a 12-month intervention alone would be likely to have lasting effects, nor that the cash transfer policies obviate the need for direct service interventions, such as well-child pediatric visits, home visitation, or high-quality early childhood education. Nonetheless, by targeting families during children's earliest years, the study found important evidence of the effects of increased income during a time when children's brains are particularly sensitive to experience. So as they note, the cash transfers are part of but not sufficient in terms of childhood development and that in order to improve outcomes for children living in poverty, you need to, well, lift them out of poverty by making sure they have access to the critical social supports that capitalist society rations out on the basis of ability to pay. The new study actually conforms to similar evidence from other studies over time. For instance, a study of province-level differences in the generosity of Canada's child tax benefit found that larger benefits led to an improvement in children's test scores that persisted for at least four years after the benefit was received. Really, in the U.S., where there's so much propaganda about rationing in socialist countries, your paycheck is your ration card. And if you have money, you get what you need. And if not, then you suffer. And we have now even more evidence that Congress cares more about billionaires not paying taxes than children getting the necessary things they need to thrive. That's the punch out for today. We're with you Monday through Friday, 5 p.m. here in New York, East Coast Standard Time, 2 p.m. in Los Angeles, Pacific Standard Time, and 9 p.m. GMT. And of course, you can support everything we do here at Breakthrough News at patreon.com slash breakthrough news. It's your patronage that keeps all of our offerings here at Breakthrough News moving forward. And of course, you can check us out across all your social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at BT Newsroom. Yeah. Oh.